Welcome everybody to the Tales from the Trail Iditarod podcast. Today we have Paige Drobny and Cody Straith, both Iditarod Trail veterans. We are here talking to you. Yes, thank you for joining us. Paige, of course, um, has been running the Iditarod looks like six times. You had a most improved. We have Cody here running three times. So, so veterans, I would have to say, of course. Um, and you are a married mushing couple. You have, uh, a nice kennel out off the grid over in Cantwell, right? You're kind of out of Cantwell, but o- over there. Yeah, so we actually, yeah, we have a, a cabin in Cantwell that allows us to have a base on the road system. And then we also have a place out on the Denali Highway, which um, the highway closes down um, once the snow comes and is no longer maintained. And so we have to mush back and forth um, to get back to the road system. Um, and so the place in Cantwell allows us to have our vehicles there and have, let us store some stuff there so we can get back out here easier. So you're pretty off the grid. So if there's any, I guess if our listeners see, hear any like little breakups, we're kind of on a satellite deal here, right? Yeah, our only communications are satellite internet and it is dependent on weather and um, other people using the satellite internet at the same time. So sometimes it's glitchy, but uh, it, it's the best we got. Yep. And I, I think people are almost kind of used to this kind of deal since... Uh, COVID and all the, you know, social distancing, you guys have that kind of ingrained in your, I guess, in your routine for many years. So how long have you guys been uh, living off the grid and how off the grid do you have, you know, you have power sources, you know, you're running on generators and you have kind of a whole big setup. Yeah. So we're, we're 60 miles from the nearest uh, power grid source um, in Cantwell. And so we actually uh, have our own power system. We have a big uh, solar power system here, um, as well as a backup generator. And we hope to get wind uh, energy in the future as well. So we'll be mostly running off renewables here. Um, But like I said, we do have a generator when there's not enough sun. Um, And we're able to power normal things that normal people have. We have a fridge and we use a computer and we have internet. and so it's pretty pretty normal life. We just don't have to worry about paying the power company. We just have pretty... to worry about keeping. All... <laughs> we just have to worry about keeping all of our stuff uh, running. Yeah, we make all of our own power, so yeah, we're our own power company. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we have to pay ourselves, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um. I bet there's a. Is there a good upfront cost and getting all that set up and you're going to start the wind power, which I've seen some <clears throat> out there in that area set up. Um, will it be kind of similar, your typical windmills you kind of see. I think we have some, you can see off of uh, Anchorage out there, but um, that setup cost, is that a lot or how do you, how do you get into getting your own power started? Um, the, the, the price of uh, renewable energy systems has come down a lot in the last uh, 15, 15 years. So there's, um, it's it's not cheap, but once you get it set up, it definitely pays for itself relatively quickly. For sure. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I, th- I think people in Alaska are pretty used to, you know, 
those who live in a cabin, maybe not running water or um, maybe not electricity or something or kind of a combination. Uh, but what you guys have, and I think a lot of other mushers do the kind of the same thing. Uh, they, they live off the grid and they just kind of self-sustain, which is great. You know, that's very environmentally friendly. And of course, you're way out there away from, you know, the grid. So it's kind of necessary too. So I do want to talk about um, how did you guys get together as far as, you know, being a mushing couple, you, I think I read that you built dog sleds together. Did it start? I mean, did you meet on the trail? Is there a big romantic trail story here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We actually met uh, before we were into sled dogs. We met, uh, met in Seward, Alaska, where we were both living at the time. And Paige actually rented a room for me and we became really good friends. And then more than that. Um, and we both moved to Fairbanks to go to graduate school. And that's where we fell in love with dog mushing and got our first sled dogs. And um, I've always built things my whole life. Um, I built a dog sled one Christmas for Paige and said, uh, maybe we could get a, a few more dogs. Um, and within a few days, we had a few more dogs. Um, and we just fell in love with it and, uh, it's just grown from that. And that was back in 2007 or six, six, yeah, six, the Christmas of 2006. So, um, you of course are now running together and you've run together before in both the quest and Iditarod, right? I mean, that is, that's like double the everything. I think when you're on the trail, (laughs) is it? I mean, that's probably, it's a feat in itself just to do the Iditarod or the quest. Um, but now you have double the dogs, double, um, you know, the, the care, the dog care and equipment and, uh, maybe you have extra hands you need to hire because both of you are running. Um, mm-hmm. how is it, how do you, you've run separately, of course, you know, Paige is coming off the 2020, uh, I did rod. It's obviously got to be harder to run both at you guys at the same time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, when either of us is out on the trail, the other one is our, you know, the biggest support and logistics organizer that, um, we have. And so having both of us out there, um, just creates another level of, um, logistics and challenges. Um, but it seems like each year we, um, you know, try to make things harder on ourselves. (laughs) You know, like uh, last year we moved out here 60 miles off of a road system with, you know, making our own power. And we were like, might as well put both of us in the same race next year. Make it just see how far we can go and how tough we can make our lives. (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, well, maybe you're just trying to be, you know, super mushers or something. uh, we both just love it. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to be the ones sitting on the sidelines too. So it's it's fun. It's fun to both be out on the trail. Um, most likely this year, one of us will have uh, the the main race team that will hopefully do very well, and then the other one of us will be running the younger dogs, the 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 dogs that don't have as much experience, um, and getting them ready. And so basically, one of us will be racing hard, and one of us will be teaching dogs how to race hard for the next next time um and so we've done that in the past quest a few years ago uh page had the 
main team that year and got sixth. And I had the puppy team. They were two-year-olds. Um, and I got 12th that year with those dogs. And those dogs are the ones that have made up Paige's team and I did over the last two years um, that have been really strong. Um, and so it's really good for those younger dogs to get out and experience the trail and experience everything it has to offer um, in, a, in a less stressful situation. And then, then when they come back, they're ready to really race. And then on top of that, um, you, like you said, we, we do have more people that have to help us then, and we're lucky to have a, a large group of people that um, are, are super helpful and um, kind of jump in where, when we are both on the trail. Um, we have some great friends in Anchorage that um, are huge help to us. And then this year we have, um, we have four handlers, which is more than we've ever had before. We usually just hire two people, but this year we have four. And, um, and it's a great crew this year and we're really excited, um, for, yeah, a a lot of people that have come to try to help us, help us get both teams into the race. So do you know who will run the, um, young team this year yet, or are you kind of feeling it out still? You still have some time, but I imagine, you know, pretty soon when the, um, the snow hits, you'll want to kind of. I'm assuming you'll want to kind of get your teams situated and uh, training. We're probably gonna have to arm wrestle or uh, flip a coin or. I'm still working on my uh, <laughs> on my fitness level, so I can. Uh, so yeah, we can arm wrestle, wrestle. and <laughs> and see who see who gets the game. Right. <laughs> coin flip. Maybe we there's a draw. Gonna keep keep the crowd in suspense. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. We don't want to give too many secrets away. Maybe it'll be a surprise when you show up day of. You know, okay, or maybe nobody knows when uh, if there's the young team or the the veteran team. So you, but you do have some veteran dogs, I assume. So you know, a lot of people think maybe the dogs don't run every year, but I, you, you must have some good veteran dogs that run several races um who's your your top dog for this upcoming race well you know we have a a lot of um dogs that run every year and and also have run back-to-back yukon quest and i did her out every year um we have a dog named sable who's um who just turned 10 years old and she's run fourteen thousand mile races She's finished in lead and I did a rod in the quest multiple times and she um and she's just as young and spry at ten as she was at, you know, five. And so she's probably gonna um we'll probably put her in the younger team so she's got some, you know, the veteran um mentality and she knows the trail and stuff and she's a really good leader, so she can she'll be able to take those young dogs to the finish finish line for sure. Um yeah, 14,000 mile races is, and she's finished 12 of them. Two of them, she just got a little bug on the trail. So she's never been injured. Um, and she's, yeah, a really great little dog. And then, um, the main race team will, will be fully made up of veteran dogs that have run at least 2,000 mile races at this point. Most of them have run more than that. Um, so their dogs have got a lot of experience, a lot of experience in competitive racing team and, uh, just really good dogs. We've got a, uh, I think Paige's team last year, I think all but one of those dogs did run lead. Um, and so we've, and those, those dogs will be even better this year, I imagine. So. And last year they were, they were aged three to six years old. And so, um, no one from that team has retired or, 
um, or aged out of racing. And so, uh, yeah, there's a, we have a large pool of really good dogs right now. So that's why, like, also why we decided to put two teams in this year. And how old are the, is the young team, the rookie team? Are they the two, are they two or what age do you like to yeah. put those dogs in? Well, so we've got a mix. I mean, most of our dogs last year, like you said, were three to six. And so we've got just a handful of two-year-olds coming into the race pool this year. But there are also some two-year-olds that didn't get as much experience um, last year. Um, and so those dogs will likely, um, unless they show like amazing abilities this fall, they'll, they'll stay in that group just so they can learn at a, with less stress to, to, to race, to go down the trail without trying to be in the top 10. Um, is a lot better for a dog who hasn't done it before um, just so they get that confidence and know the trail and know what to expect. Um, so that team will probably be, we have only two two-year-olds, four three-year-olds, um, and n- none of those dogs have run a thousand miles. And then we have a handful of four-year-olds that also have not run a thousand miles. So it'll be made up from probably two to four-year-old dogs. So since you both are biologists, does that, help you at all? I mean, I would imagine, I don't know much about biology, but does it help as far as, you know, knowing, you know, animals and dogs? Is that the type of biologist that you have studied? Um, yeah, so I, I think um, it definitely helps us. You know, we we can, you know, we're obviously emotional, emotionally invested in our dogs, but it also allows us to look at things from a scientific perspective. And so, you know, when we're talking about, you know, feeding dogs and um, are looking at their physiology or even vet care, um, massaging, all of those things, we can look at maybe a little bit more scientifically than um, someone with a biology degree. And um, and so I think that for sure gives us um, an edge in the overall well-being and knowledge of our dogs. We don't rely, we don't have to so much rely on someone else. Like when someone can, like a veterinary can give us, a veterinarian can give us the information of what's going on with the dog. We can, you know, do some research or know already a little bit more about what they're talking about. And so I think that's pretty helpful. So when it comes to veterinary care, do you then, you're way off the grid. Do they come to you then? They have to make a a pretty far trip or do you bring dogs to... Catwell or a closer location? How does how does that all work out for you guys? It works in a lot of ways. We've got some great friends who are vets who are willing to make the trip out here um, to help us with things. Sometimes we have to meet vets in Cantwell. Sometimes we have to go all the way to Fairbanks. Um, sometimes we just have to roll up our sleeves and do whatever needs to be done um, ourselves. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a, a, a bunch oh. of all of the above. Yes. <laughs> I can imagine it's quite a logistics um, project when you have, maybe you have to do some general care. Maybe dogs need, you know, their regular uh, vaccinations or something. Uh, so getting ready for um, this year with both of you on the, on the trail, will you come to Anchorage and, and be here for a time way before the race or how, I mean, there's so many logistical questions, especially (laughs) with you two so far out there. I mean, at least some, you know, some mushers, they're at least close to, you know, Fairbanks or, you know, pretty close to town. Um, Do you have to move camp pretty much 
all the way close to Anchorage uh, two two weeks out or something? No, we typically um, have our dogs come down the day before the race um, and we'll come down for the meetings and all that. But um, we'll run the dogs up, usually have someone even run the dogs while we're at the meetings. Um, and then the dogs will show up in Anchorage the day before the race, um, race start, um, ceremonial start. And that way they get to sleep in their own beds and have their, their normal life. They're not a big fan of city life. So, um, we try to keep them at home as long as possible. And then that way we're just training on our normal trails and try to keep things, uh, normal for them up to the race. And so, so yeah, so as far as like the vet checks and stuff, we, um, we have our own vet come down here and do the vet checks at our own house. And, um, so all of that stuff gets taken care of here before we get down to Anchorage. Okay. Yeah. Because we do have those. Um, so you don't come to the headquarters when you have, we have that all set up. You have them come to you and well, that, that's a, a nice way to do that. You know, that's convenient and, uh, less. I would imagine less stress as far as travel for the dogs. I don't know if that really plays a, <clears throat> a role in, in uh, stress as far as the dogs. Do they like that long travel? <laughs> I mean, for sure. Like we, you know, we're going to have, uh, we're probably going to be bringing 30 dogs to Anchorage for the start this year. And so traveling with 30 dogs um, presents a whole nother group of logistical challenges and like packing and feeding and trying to get them all exercised, um, you know, for, for more than a, a day or two is, um, is a whole lot of work. And so the longer we can leave them at home and in their own place and with everything that we have, um, you know, set up for them here, the, the better, the better it is for everybody involved. Yeah. So definitely a lot of planning, uh, has to go on here for any team really, but you know, that's a, that's a lot of teams, and I don't believe you're the only um, couple running this year. So, so that's going to be pretty interesting to have. I think we have three couples, if I can remember. Oh, really? uh, maybe I don't have them all, but yeah, the the compos and um, uh, I'm losing, but I'm picking uh, who else? Travis and Sarah. Oh, okay. Also. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so very interesting year. We have a lot of mushers. Uh, we're up to 60 mushers now. All right. Um, so it's going to be an interesting year. You know, we'll see how uh, COVID, you know, maybe it'll throw some wrenches in there. Um, by, by the way, how are you guys doing with the uh, whole COVID? I, I paid your on the you know, on the trail as everyone was kind of finding out and all that was unfolding. Um, and I imagine Cody was, you know, having all the information and you not having the information. So were, th were there worries? Were there like, oh, this is an interesting time, a different thing going on here? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, I was pretty dumb to it. I feel like when I was on the trail, I mean, we were getting information from some of the, um, reporters, but I didn't fully grasp the, um, the extent of it or, or, um, yeah, or what was happening in the rest of the world, um, until I got home. And then it was, yeah, it was definitely a big, 
definitely a big change, but you know, we're, um, we're pretty good at self-isolating. That's kind of what we do for most of our lives. And so, um, you know, things haven't really changed that much for us and we're not really, um, well, you know, I mean, things have changed, but changed. we're not open for business this summer, which is a big change. We would we normally have our tour operation open in Cantwell in the summertime. Oh, um, but because of that, we didn't want to promote tourism and traveling this summer. And so we've taken this time to get other projects accomplished. Um, um, so definitely is a change. Um, but otherwise, so we're just used to not not really interacting with a whole lot of people and then being out here on, you know, in the middle of the of um the Nanali Highway we don't have many neighbors for you know five miles at least and so we're we're pretty good at um entertaining ourselves here <laughs> <laughs> well you have a lot of um dog exercising to do anyway it's like it's like interacting with 50 friends every day the way it is so <laughs> we're pretty good yeah you got a lot on your plate kind of as it is. And that's interesting that you uh, have kind of stopped the your tour side business. You know, many kennels do, you know, the tours in the summertime or maybe even year round. Uh, but you guys have decided not to do that. And I think a, a few others have also done, the, done that too. But there are some uh, kennels that are still running. You know, they have, you know, plans in place as far as sanitizing and whatnot. So, but, you know, that's um, part of, you know, deciding what you want to do and you get to do some other projects. I think you were working on some things uh, when we were trying to schedule our uh, podcast together. So that gives you some time and maybe some extra time to figure out your 2021 plans for the trail and get things hopefully, uh, you know, planned out. Maybe that gives you extra time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we are definitely uh, relishing the extra time we have this summer. It's allowed us to be out here at our remote camp full time. And we just bought this last August. So we haven't been here quite a year yet. Um, and we, and we have a lot of things that we want to build and, and change and make better here. And so we've been, um, spending the whole summer doing that, which has been really great. Yeah. I spent a lot of time getting things dialed in for both us and our handlers and the dogs. And so building building dog fences and building nice new dog houses for dogs and making trails to go walk the puppies on. And we're putting up a big, uh, uh, carousel, uh, dog Walker. exerciser machine. Um, that we're getting set up so that dogs can, yeah, just trying to make it great. So the dogs are always active and happy and, and then, then we're happy. So I did watch, the video that uh, Greg, our insider uh, team leader, it seems, came and did some video, and that's up on our website. I had a chance to take a look at that. It turned out really good. Uh, so if anybody hasn't had a chance to, or if you guys haven't had a chance to see the final product, it's up there in Insider 2.0. So it looks really nice out there. Yeah. yeah, we feel pretty lucky, you know, especially in this time of COVID, to to have such a huge playground that Alaska is, and this property has definitely allowed us to um yeah to maintain our sanity and um and not just maintain our sanity but to still lead a pretty happy amazing life with our dogs out here it's been yeah we're pretty we're pretty thankful Paige do you have any other 
uh, reflections on the 2020 season. Is there anything that um, Stan stood out? I believe you got a seventh, a seventh place, yep. if I can remember correctly. Yep. Um, yeah. How was I? I mean, there were there was some weather, you know, some some water overflow, all kinds of things happened. <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah. Um, geez, let me think. I mean, I think the thing that makes me a good musher is that I forget about all those things very quickly. Um, all the bad parts go away very quickly and I just remember all the good times. Um, but the thing that I guess that sticks out most in my mind is normally running the coasts is um, you get some really amazing, beautiful views. And this year it was pretty socked in the whole time and pretty gray. And um, and it felt just like lo like a lot of trudgery for the last couple hundred miles. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of mushers felt that way, too. And I so I think the the mushers that came in kind of in the top 10 or I think they, I think you guys might've gotten the worst huh. of that possibly. I, uh, I don't know. Do you feel like you kind of got the worst of that weather? I mean, I, yeah, it's hard for me to know what anyone else experienced, you know, I, I don't, um, it's, yeah. you know, some, yeah, I've heard people try to compare their race to other people's races, but I just don't know how you can do that. Cause you know, everyone's experienced something at a different time. I mean, the, the overflow that a lot of people experienced at the end of the race, I didn't, there was like a little bit of it, but, you know, maybe just like didn't go over my boots, my feet didn't get wet. You know, we just kind of plowed through and it was just another, you know, small obstacle on the trail. But I know obviously some people had some, some big issues with that and the big snowstorms at the end that had to be, you know, trails were rerouted and, um, you know, I didn't have to deal with any of that. So I feel like I was, I was pretty lucky on the, on the better end of things, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, you got a pretty good section of the trail as far as weather wise, you got in there just kind of in time. Um, so Cody, you're coming off the 2018 race. Um, but have you, did you run the quest in 19 or 20? I don't yeah, remember. I, so I ran the quests, uh, since, 20, yeah, 19, 20, 20, no, 1920. the last three years. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I got third yeah. place this, this last yeah. quest race this winter. Um, so the team that Paige ran and I did a ride was my third place quest team. Oh, okay. So, so you're, you're geared up, you know, you're, you're ready to go. Hopefully both you, you know, both teams are going to be well planned out. Um, is there anything else that uh, you'd like to let people know that you're you're planning or any kind of future things, what to look for with your teams? Uh, I mean, I'm really excited to be back on the Diderod Trail. Uh, the communities are hopefully we're hopefully with COVID, we're able to go to the communities. We'll see what happens with the whole race. But um, got a lot of friends out there in the checkpoints and it's always fun to go and visit, um, see people and see the trail and just get back out on the race. Uh, the Yukon Quest isn't happening this winter. Um, in its entirety, the thousand, the thousand mile. mile. Yeah, the thousand mile Yukon Quest isn't happening. So so that's part of the reason that I'll be running I did a ride right. this year is because I, I definitely want to do a thousand miles. And and uh, and uh, so, yeah, I'm going to do a thousand miles. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's yeah. gonna be fun it's whatever the race looks like it's yeah, gonna I mean, that, be fun there's the gonna be of, uh, for us that's the point of doing it uh i mean it's not it would be fun to win um but mainly we just want to have fun out there we have fun with our dogs and um that is the goal is to keep it fun um because if it's not fun it's it's really it's really not fun <laughs> we gotta yeah, that's the goal. Make it fun, have fun, enjoy it. Um, we train all year for it. We spend all of our money on it. Let's make it fun. Let's make it worth it. Well, I know a lot of people are excited to have um, both of you in the race. And um, I know that uh, you guys have quite a following. So <laughs> you people are always excited to see your team. Um, now, your kennel is called squid squid acre kennel and people call your dogs this like squids little squids <laughs> or something i think so so um i went to graduate school studying squid and before we ever had sled dogs um cody made me a sign in the shape of a squid that said squid acres um, and I was like, what's that? And he's like, I don't know the name of our, you know, of our house and our, our property. And I was like, okay. And then, uh, we got sled dogs and people asked what was the name of our kennel. And so we just said squid acres kennel, not thinking, you know, that we were ever going to be where we are right now. Um, and so I sort of joked that that's like the, the last remnant of my, uh, biology degree, even though I still, I still am a fish biologist, but, um, um, but the kennel has taken off more than the than the biology side of my life. So, um, so yeah, it's been fun. And then we call we like to call our dogs the Squid Squad. Squidos. Squidos. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of analogies that actually fit yeah. between a school of squid and uh, a bunch of sled dogs. <laughs> I hear you know it many times. Go squids. You know whatever squid team squid squad whatever it you'll see your fans in there they're commenting you know throughout the race and they love seeing your team so it's really neat to see uh your following uh on social media and whatnot so if if you're an outside person you you look at the comments you're like what squid <laughs> well, i don't see the connection they're dogs <laughs> so it's really funny um, you know, each team has their, their, you know, their own little following and kind of like nicknames and whatnot. So it's very fun. Um, well, I'm glad to have you guys on. Thank you for being on the show and meeting with us and talking about your upcoming season. We are looking forward to everything uh, that is coming. So uh, I am happy to have yeah, you. Thanks yeah, thank for, you. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. If you want to see a little more from Cody and Paige over at Squid Acre Kennels, we do have some Insider 2.0 video available now. Become a Iditarod Insider for, you know, more videos, more Iditarod off the Iditarod Trail. That and more content on Iditarod.com.